Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Buckeye Talk. This is Bill Landis of Cleveland.com, uh, sitting in a car in a parking lot in Boise, Idaho, because that's the most quiet place I could find to record a new version of our Ohio State podcast, talking Ohio State basketball in the NCAA tournament. Um, obviously, Ohio State won on Thursday its first round game against South Dakota State. Buckeyes won 81-73, avoided the 12-5 upset. So number five, Ohio State moves on to the second round. They'll play Saturday night um, against number four, Gonzaga. Should tip about 7.45 Eastern time. Um, it'll, it'll tip a, a half hour after the other game that's going on here on Saturday. That's Kentucky against Buffalo. That game tips at 5.15 Eastern. So if everything goes smoothly there, Ohio State and Gonzaga should be tipping off at about 7.45, uh, maybe a little bit closer to 8, depending on how that goes. The game will be on CBS, and Ohio State will be, I guess, looking for some revenge uh, for a 27-point loss that they incurred, or it incurred, against Gonzaga back in November at the PK-80 Invitational out in Portland, Oregon. So Ohio State's most lopsided loss of the year. Um, the Penn State loss at Penn State, I think, was 23 points. Um, but the loss to Gonzaga, 27 points, was Ohio State's most lopsided loss of the year, and that's the team that the Buckeyes will play on Saturday for a chance to play for a spot in the Sweet, sweet 16. Winner of that game advances to the regional semifinals of the West Region next Thursday at Staples Center in Los Angeles. So uh, maybe you'll be getting some more West... Well, this isn't really the West Coast. Western-based Buckeye Talk podcast in your future if Ohio State can beat Gonzaga on Saturday. <clears throat> so I wanted to take um, mostly just your questions. Um, I don't know. I don't really know how much it's worth kind of rehashing the South Dakota State win um, because it is the NCAA tournament, and I don't know how much you can take kind of game to game. Um Ohio State took 43 pointers. And I thought actually, you know, played played well obviously. You don't you don't win usually without playing well, but I don't think Ohio State really played its game. I think South Dakota State very much pushed the agenda, pushed the pace. I remember at one point in the second half, it was it was before the first media timeout, I think, or right after the first media timeout, about five minutes into the second half, Ohio State had attempted 17 field goals, which is an absurd number, uh, especially for Ohio State that um, 
likes to play with pace, but it isn't an up and down kind of team that's that's going to get up. Whatever it was, sixty something field goals. I think it was on on, on Thursday. Um, so, like, despite of that. Or in spite of that, Ohio State won. Ohio State got taken out of its game a little bit, had to play small, could not really play Caleb Wesson or Micah Potter just because bad matchup with the, with a team that has five guys on the floor who can shoot threes is kind of very similar to Michigan. So that wasn't surprising to me to see Ohio State play small for the majority of that game. I think it'll flip on Saturday because of Gonzaga's size, and, and we'll talk a little bit more about that, I suppose. Um, Cam Williams, I thought, kind of played the role of hero. Had had a big four point play in the about minute thirty five left. Hit a three on a play designed for him, then then made the free throw. Um, came back down the floor on on the next possession. I thought took kind of a rush shot. Ohio State got the rebound. He took a straight on three that again felt a little rushed, but got fouled when he shot it and then hit off three free throws. So. Um, I saw someone on on the Cleveland dot com comment section talking about how Cam's shots of both, both the four-point play and the one in which he got fouled and hit the three free throws were, were bad shot attempts. Um, like, I don't, like, what else do you want? They weren't shooting the ball well. He's the best shooter on the team. Someone's got to take the shot. Um, Chris Holtman said he thought that the Buckeyes were playing very tentative in the last two minutes and wanted someone to start playing with a little confidence. And and that guy was Cam Williams. So so I thought very much so he, he played the role of hero and, Seemed to very much enjoy the moment. <clears throat> He's kind of made for that stage, I think. Personality-wise, I think he, he embraces that um, that spotlight that comes with that. I think he does it all the time. And sometimes, like, when you're doing it against Rutgers, you're like, come on, man, it's Rutgers. But uh, certainly, if you're doing it on this the NCAA tournament stage, I don't care who you're playing, embrace that. Let it, let the, let it shower over you, especially in that, because that was kind of a road game for Ohio State. Um, it's funny you get to these far flung kind of tournament sites and, and there weren't very many South Dakota state fans, fewer, much far fewer than I thought there'd be. And obviously there weren't very many Ohio state fans. And then it was, it was mostly a neutral crowd. I thought until the end of the game toward the end of the game, when Ohio state had a 10 point lead and then South Dakota State starts digging back into it, and Mike Dom, their their best player, hits a three that I think cut it to four. I think it was seventy sixty six. And as soon as that three went in, the entire building was full of, was full of South Dakota State fans. So um, it may not have felt like a true road game for the entire game, but for the last two you know, two or three minutes, it was definitely a true road environment. And Ohio State had a had to find a way to to, to pull out a win, and they did. And I thought mostly played well, and. Um, I think from from there you you mostly flush it because the the opponent then the next game is so different and I think it's just the nature of the NCAA tournament that there's no guarantee game the game that stuff's going to carry over. I, I don't know how much of a of a trend you can you can uh, anticipate unless like Cam Williams and CJ Jackson are just are are super hot and are going to remain hot. Obviously that's something to look at, but in terms of style of play, like Ohio State, I don't think is going to chuck 43s against against Gonzaga. So, all right, let's get to your questions because it's cold in this car. And I want to go back to a warm place. So I'm just going to run through them in the order I received them. Um, appreciate the questions you sent in. Appreciate Dan Dockich retweeting my call for questions. I think that helped uh, help boost the, uh, the result. So... Robbie Strzok at Robbie Strzok on Twitter said, does the team seem loose after 
the tough game. Uh, I'm assuming he meant the, like with the locker room after the South Dakota State win. Were they loose? Uh, yeah, very much so. That was a it was a it was a it was a celebratory atmosphere to be sure, um, which I think you would expect. There was not. I, I there's no guarantees in this thing, especially when you're a team that that's that's made the way Ohio State is. Um, like I thought, Kentucky yesterday kind of looked like it was just going through the motions playing against Davidson, and I wasn't in Kentucky's locker room, but I don't know. Maybe it was a, maybe it was a party. I have no idea. But Ohio State was was excited, and I think should have been because um, they were a team that was a very popular pick to be a, a twelve five upset. Um, and obviously, we know that the path that that got them here and, and what they were project, projected to be before the season started. So, um, the the magnitude of of winning just one NCAA tournament game, I think, was not lost in the team. Um, I don't think that means it'll carry over and they'll be feeling themselves against Gonzaga because I, I would, I would hope you don't come into a game feeling that way against a team that beat you by 30. Um, but last night, Thursday night, yeah, they were, they were loose for sure. Um, but it was pretty evident to me that in the back of their minds, they knew that they were going to have to flip a switch eventually. And that'll start today when they start prepping for Gonzaga. G Nilly at Nathan at G Nilly 97. Had a couple of questions. Um, I'll get to this one first. He said, are you surprised Cam Williams hasn't done this more often in his career? Um, yeah, I guess so. I'm, I'm trying to think, like, here's my read on Cam. I think Cam has had some very good games against some very average teams. And maybe that's harsh, but I, I just think if you if you look at some of, the, of his box scores, that, that'll be the case. Um, he's always left a little something to be desired on the defensive end. Um, I think up until this year was, was kind of one dimensional in just kind of being a spot up shooter. Um, but I do think he, there has been a transformation with him a little bit this year and and like his suspension aside, um, his three game suspension aside, I I thought people talk a lot about Jay Sean Tate and and Kata Bates Diop and and what they've done to help turn this thing around. Um, I think Cam Williams probably deserves a little, a little more credit than he's, received this this year um it's a guy who 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 bought in a little bit um his role was in flux at the beginning of the year there were times when he wasn't starting um including the the game against Gonzaga I think Musa Jello started that game at shooting guard um but I am like just because he has <clears throat> he has that that ability to get hot so quickly I am surprised uh Nathan that he hasn't done it more but I think the 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 stage matters too. Like he certainly had games where he got crazy hot. Like I think he's he's had a few games where he scored 20. Um his red shirt sophomore year when he was the sixth man and led the Big 10 in three-point shooting during conference play. Um he had some games like this. It's just that he's never really been on on a state on the NCAA tournament stage when they went you know, uh, the D'Angelo Russell year when they beat VCU and then lost to Arizona. Cam played, but not a ton. Um, Cam and Kata both did not play a ton in either of those games. Jay Sean started both of them. Um, so I, I guess I'm a little surprised he hasn't done it, but I also don't know how often he's had the opportunity to do it on a stage where we would have really taken notice. So, um, but again, I, th- I did. I thought it was good. I thought it, he's he is the kind of player who, who can spur a team along. I think because of his ability to get hot really quickly, um, and and to be honest, he really didn't. I think he only hit two threes. It's not like he went out and, and was like you know four or five or five or six from three and really lit, really lit it up. He only hit two threes, um, had twenty two points, 
couple at the free throw line, obviously, but but I thought like his all around game was really good, especially on the defensive end of the floor. I, that was the most engaged I've seen him by far on the defensive end of the floor, and that that much is promising. I, I don't know if he's going to come out against Gonzaga and um, score twenty points again, but. There's no reason he can't bring that same kind of effort on the other end of the floor, and if he does, that will obviously help Ohio State um, against Gonzaga. Second question from Gene Nilly was, do the results of the South Dakota State game change your opinion on Ohio State's chances of beating Gonzaga? Um, yeah, I, I, maybe a little bit. I don't know if it's so much the results of the game or if it's just like... So this is my first, or it's my second time covering the NCAA tournament. And the first time I covered it uh, was just when it was in Columbus. The year Ohio State went, Ari was the basketball beat writer. I wasn't, um, so I was just in Columbus um, doing some stuff at the at the host site there. But I wasn't super engaged into it, and it was just kind of cool to be there. But being here, watching all the games yesterday, like seeing UNC Greensboro really give Gonzaga a game, seeing Buffalo just absolutely destroy Arizona. Um, it was just a reminder to me that, that this thing is weird and, and very much unpredictable. Um, we saw the upsets that happened yesterday and, and other places around the country. So um, leaving the door open for just a, a totally surprising upset, I think my percentage has gone up a little bit. Um, that said, like Gonzaga is huge. They are just so big on the front line um, at the guard position. I just, I, I don't know. I don't know what Ohio State does to initiate offense in a way that that's going to be efficient enough to beat Gonzaga. Now Gonzaga can come out and have a cold shooting night. Um, didn't shoot the ball great against UNC Greensboro, but UNC Greensboro looked like it had a little more size than Ohio State does, um, and they were a very physical and very active defensive team. So I'm 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 still at a very low percentage that Ohio State can win. I'm I'm definitely not going to pick Ohio State to win. I can tell you that I'll have my game preview up on Saturday morning, and I'm I'm going to pick Gonzaga by what score I don't know yet. We'll see after we talk to the guys in the locker room on Friday. Um, but I still give Ohio State a, a fairly low chance. It was funny looking at Ken Pomeroy, the site I, I cite often, KenPomeroy.com, Ken Pom. Um, he does percentage chances in, in the schedule portion of his site. You can go into the individ, individual team pages and then look at the schedule, and then he gives you a percentage chance of 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 the favorite winning that game and – the percentage chance of a Gonzaga winning was a little lower than I thought it would be. It was 58%. So he's giving Ohio State a 42% chance to beat a team that, that it lost to by 30 back in November. Now, there's a lot that goes into that. Obviously, I think part of it is is the tournament evening things up, like new officials, new arenas, whatever. Um, but also that uh, Gonzaga played... Certainly ab- above its baseline when it when it played Ohio State, um, and Ohio State is much different now than it was then. Um, different lineup, like I said, Musa Jallo started. Micah Potter, who I think will, will will have a role on Saturday, did not play. He was injured when they played out in Portland um, in November. Ohio State turned the ball over fifteen times. And I think that kind of play is mostly behind them, especially against a Gonzaga team that does not generate a ton of turnovers. Um, that was kind of an anomaly. And I don't know how many of Gonzaga's points were scored off of those turnovers, but um, it was it was Gonzaga's probably A game and certainly not an Ohio State's like F game. So 
if those things even out, I guess I would give Ohio State a, a certainly a better chance of of beating Gonzaga. But all that said, I'm still I'm still pretty low. Um, considering, I would say maybe I don't know twenty five percent, twenty five thirty percent. But if you would have asked me. On Selection Sunday, we shot a video saying, is Ohio State going to the Sweet 16? And I was like a definitive no. So um, I think I'm I'm not as definitive now, but um, still still going to pick Gonzaga to win. Uh, Eric Felke at Eric Felks said, best lineup against South Dakota State was Dockich, Jackson, Cam, Andre Wesson, and Kata. What's the most effective five they can throw at Gonzaga? I imagine it'll look pretty different. Uh, yeah, I think it'll look different as well. I think that the best lineup they can throw at Gonzaga is is probably CJ, uh, CJ Cam. Yeah, I think it's CJ Cam, Jay Sean Tate, and, and Kata and Caleb Wesson. So, so the normal starting five, I think, is, is the best lineup you use against Gonzaga. Um, I do like sometimes when you play against a bigger team and you play small, that that can make the bigger team uncomfortable. But I just don't, I don't think. Gonzaga has those kind of bigs, or at least is full full of them. So, if Ohio State wants to play small, I think it'll it'll end up getting pushed around. So, I think they need a lot from Caleb. I'm going to talk with him in the locker room later today about that. About you know this moment playing Gonzaga last time and what he thought of that, and also like the mindset of he played seven minutes against South Dakota State, and and he's going to have to log big minutes against Gonzaga. And like maybe he'll be rested. I don't know, but um, I think the best lineup against Gonzaga is just a normal starting five. Um, and depending on if, if if Cam if Cam can't carry over his play from the South Dakota State game, then I think maybe you throw Andre Wesson into that mix and, and take Cam out. But um, starting five for me is is the best lineup I think to use against against Gonzaga. Eric, another Gene Nelly question: Best potato based dish or side you've had since landing in Idaho? Um, oh, I we went to a, a, a brewery here. Good beer scene in Boise. And I had poutine. It was, poutine is just uh, french fries, brown gravy, cheese curds. Um, but theirs also had sh- uh, braised short rib in it too. Uh, so that was really good. Alan Kitchen says, how impressive was Mike Dom in person? Uh, very impressive. Uh, I We were having some conversation in the hotel room last night. Um, I think he's an NBA guy. Some of the other guys disagree with me. Um, and I guess there's a question of his athleticism and what he would guard in the NBA, but he's a shot maker. So I think he has a spot on an NBA roster. He was really good as advertised. Um, and who are you most looking forward to seeing in person for Gonzaga? Um, Josh Perkins, their guard plays with so much swag. I love guys that play that way. Um, and he, he torched Ohio state. He was, he was six for nine from three point range. Um, when they played back in November, um, he's the key guy in my mind. I don't know who they throw at him. Probably a, a mix of CJ. CJ has had games. I actually thought CJ played okay defensively against Tony Carr um, when Ohio State played Penn State in the Big Ten tournament. Now, now Perkins has a little more shake to him, I think, than Carr does. Um, and Perkins, I think, will will kind of launch from anywhere. Um, but he's the guy. He's he's the key. He's fun to watch, but he's also the key guy. I think if they can if they can find a way to slow him down, then they'll have a chance. What taco? This is from Eddie Vulich at Zadea. What Taco Bell related food did you eat at Taco Bell Arena? Uh, none. They had tacos uh, for for lunch uh, yesterday on Thursday, but I wasn't taking that chance because I had to be in that arena all day. 
On a related note, he says, does Ohio State shoot as many threes on Saturday and can Dockage take fewer of them? Uh, no, I don't think they take as many threes. Look, here's the thing. Like, 40 threes is ridiculous. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to try to spin that in any kind of positive way. A team, a very average three-pointing team took 43s and lived to tell about it, so good for Ohio State. Part of that is South Dakota State forcing them to do that. They pack it in, and I was, as an aside, I was talking with Chris Holtman on Wednesday after they had wrapped up their open practice, and we were just kind of BSing on the side, and it was funny. He came over to me and said, like, did you watch South Dakota State's practice? And I said, yeah. He's like, what did you think of Dom? And I said, he didn't miss. And the look on his face was not was not a good one. Um, and then uh, I just asked him, you know, like, how you feeling? And he said, I think we're going to need to hit a lot of threes because of the way they pack it in. They're going to they're gonna dare us to shoot threes. And then that's what happened. And they made 12 of them. Um, and it was like Chris Holtman said after the game, he said he was unhappy with about 10 of the three-point attempts. So he could have lived with about 30, 12 for 30, certainly a better percentage. There were there were some ill-advised threes. I thought Kata in particular took a couple that, that he shouldn't have taken. One late that, that almost proved fatal for Ohio State. I think he missed, and then South Dakota State might have went down the other end and tied the game. Um but listen, if, if Andrew Dockich and Andre Wesson are going to be left open like that, they have to shoot. It's just like, they, what are they supposed to do? Um, they won a combined one for 13. They didn't shoot it well. But I also think that's more indicative of just an off night. I, I think Andre and Andrew Dockich are average, maybe to slightly below average three-point shooters. Um, we've seen them both hit big shots. Andre hit hit big threes against Purdue. Um, Andrew hit big threes against um, Maryland early in the year. Like they're not awful shooters. So, um, do I think they should combine to take thirteen threes? No, but if they are left wide open, they have to shoot. Um, they have to make teams. They have to see if they can get hot and see if they can make teams respect that. Because if they can, that's going to open up so much for Ohio State. So. No, uh, Eddie, I don't think they're going to take 43s. Um, I think Dockets will take fewer of them. But if teams are going to dare guys to shoot who aren't awful three-point shooters, then those guys have to be willing to shoot. Uh, Lester Mitchell, Junebug4043, says, How do you feel about the offensive game plan? I guess you mean against against Gonzaga. Um, it'll be interesting. It, they started both halves against South Dakota State looking like they really wanted to go into Caleb Wesson and play through him. Um, and South Dakota State was ready for that because they were trying. It was it was a dump into Caleb, and then Caleb kick it out to a shooter, and and uh, South Dakota State did a pretty good job of getting in, into some passing lanes. And but the the reason that Caleb came off the floor was was defensive. Um, he just had a hard time guarding guarding screens, and they got a couple easy straight line drives because uh, Caleb was slow to recognize. I think the 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 screen uh, the the driver coming off the screen. And then just has a hard time guarding Dom, I think, guarding anyone who's going to shoot threes. So, but that'll change, and I think I think you'll see a, not a Caleb Wesson-centric offensive game plan, but certainly an inside-out kind of offensive game plan. And I thought Caleb actually played okay when they played against Gonzaga earlier in the year. Um, I think he finished with 10 points, played 25 minutes. Um, I don't think he fouled out. Maybe I could be wrong on that. Um but I don't think he'll be overwhelmed by Gonzaga. I think that this is a game that will be played much more kind of, of at his pace, his style. Um, so I look for that, and I look for two. 
uh, Ohio State to get or to find ways to get Kata Bates D up to his spots better. Now, guys hitting shots will help that. They were double teaming Kata before he got the ball against South Dakota State in the second half. Like they were just they weren't letting him get the ball. Um, so if other guys can hit shots and take some of that pressure off of him, and they can get Kata into that mid post area where I think he's at his most dangerous, um, that that will help. He he couldn't get there against South Dakota State. He was just he was an aggressive driver at times um, in the first half hit a couple big threes, but, but could not get to the place where he's at his best, especially in the second half. So, um, I look for those two things, get Kate into the mid post and dump it into to Caleb Wesson and, and try to play through him a little bit. David Jadwin at the Jadster says, how much will the Buckeyes lose by if they shoot 43s versus the Zags? Uh, I think a lot, unless they hit 20 of them. Andrew Ardle at Andrew Ardle says your percent chance Ohio state gets to the elite eight playing Michigan. 538 has it as a 3.8% chance. I, uh, in my bracket, by the way, I lost a Sweet 16 team in the first game because I had Oklahoma, uh, which lost like its 10,000th road slash neutral game in a row, um, going to the Sweet 16, beating, beating Rhode Island, then beating Duke and going to the Sweet 16. Um, so I was wrong on that. But also in my bracket, I have Ohio State losing to Gonzaga and Michigan losing to Houston. Um, so my percent chance of Ohio state playing Michigan in the elite eight is lower than the 3.8% chance that 538 gives it. I'll say 1% because I'm not going to say zero. Doug DeLillo says when I saw Ohio state was only a two and a half point underdog against Gonzaga, I was surprised the way people are talking about this matchup. I was suspecting the line will be wider. Is that about right? Um, like statistically, yeah. If you if you look if you dig into the numbers, it doesn't look like all that bad of a matchup. And if you look at the personnel, maybe it does a little bit. But but if Ohio State comes out and plays a day game, if Ohio State plays away, it played against Michigan State, or plays away, it played against Purdue. Ohio State can beat Gonzaga. It's just a matter of you trusting Ohio State to to dig down and find that kind of effort. So two and a half was low the last time they played. I think it was a six point spread, and then Gonzaga won by twenty seven. So I was surprised to see two and a half too. But I think. Um, and obviously, the, the betting lines are designed to just get as much action as possible. So it's not always a true interpretation of, of what people think of the matchup. Um, but I was surprised to see it that way. And, and maybe I, I think it's fair to say the gap is not as wide, certainly as it was in November. And just like overall, like people are going to look like, oh, they won't, lost by 27. They have no shot. Um, I think that's a little lazy. Um, so I don't know. I'm not. I'm not ruling out the upset. Like I said, my percentage chance of it happening is a little higher than, than it was a week ago. Um, but that all that said, that yeah, the two and a half seemed a little low. I don't know. I'm not. A, I'm not a betting man, and to be perfectly honest, I don't understand how people formulate lines all that much and what all goes into it. But I would have thought it would have been like four or five ish, closer closer to what it was the last time they played. Dave Fitzgerald at Buckeye Fitzy said, "What Boise delicacy goes best with boiled wildcat?" Asking for a friend, for a friend of a former coach, uh, Poutine. Uh, he said, "Based on Thursday, how much do you think the crowd will be in favor of the Zags on Saturday night?" Uh, almost one hundred percent. It's just it's going to be a home game. There was the first session yesterday was Gonzaga versus UNC Greensboro, then South Dakota State against Ohio State, and um, there were a lot of Gonzaga fans because Spokane, I think, is only like a four hour drive from here. So, um, it'll be a true road game. It'll probably be, be more of a true road game even than, than the PK 80 was when they played out 
in, in Portland. I don't know the difference in distance between that Portland to Spokane and Boise to Spokane, um, but this is just a, a different stage. So it'll be a true road game. Um, Ohio State is technically the lower-seeded team and technically the underdog, and I think typically quote-unquote neutral arenas will, will side with the underdog. And that was clear last night when <clears throat> Buffalo was stomping Arizona and everyone in the building was loving it. Um, Ohio State will not carry that kind of favor, and it also won't be a neutral arena because there will be a lot of folks um, in Gonzaga gear in the building. Aaron Schneider at Schneid's six underscore six says, are your expectations for OSU tourney run the same as they were coming in? Um, he says he also strongly disagrees with the recent three-star review about me disagreeing with Tim for no reason. I appreciate that, Aaron. Um, yeah, I kind of hit on this, but yeah, my expectations are a little higher, but not like, not to the point where I'm going to pick Ohio state to go to the sweet 16. Um, uh, I would still be pretty surprised if I'm going to Los Angeles next week. Um, but like I said, I've, I've gained a greater appreciation for the, the, the randomness that's inherent in this, in this tournament. So games that look like bad matchups, um, maybe aren't, as much and uh yeah so I, my, my percentage chance is slightly elevated but but not not a ton not a ton jeremy george uh and this is the last question it looks like we're gonna wrap this thing up well, we can get this thing done in 30 minutes maybe jeremy george says uh can you media guys please pick gonzaga and tell ohio state they have no chance thanks uh yeah that's gonna happen um i don't know who's gonna pick ohio state i don't think i can't imagine anyone has ohio state in the sweet 16 unless you're an ohio state fan um so that'll happen. And it was funny. Chris Holtman after the game thanked the media for, and it wasn't the media, by the way, like people filling out brackets, picked the 12, five, like just like normal people who have like normal social lives and aren't as weird as a sports journalist. Um, also picked the upset Chris. So, but I didn't, I picked Ohio State to win and I almost nailed the score. I had 81 77 and I think it was 81 73. Um, but yeah, no, I'm pick, I'm picking Gonzaga, and a lot of people will pick Gonzaga, and Chris Holtman will see that, and he'll know that, and he'll tell, <clears throat> tell his team about it. And Ryan Peden, the assistant coach who in his office has clips <laughs> hanging up about how Ohio State was supposed to stink this year and finish near last in the Big Ten, like yeah, they're, that's all going to fuel into it, and whatever, whatever you need to help yourself pull out a win, I suppose. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm not picking Gonzaga to help Ohio State win. I'm picking Gonzaga because I think as an uh neutral observer of college basketball, I think you'd be a little crazy not to. So yeah. The media will be heavy heavily in favor of Gonzaga. I think Gonzaga is actually kind of a popular Final Four pick for some people. Um not for me, I don't have them in there. Final four is still intact, by the way, for me. Hope it is for you guys too. Okay, so I think that's the Oh, wait, here's another one. <clears throat> Kelvin Corbin says, where did you go to eat? I love that you guys ask us those questions. Um, the place I had the poutine was called Bitter Creek Ale House, I think is what it was called. Downtown Boise. Um, beautiful area. Couple brew pubs. Um, like near the state capitol, behind the state capitals, the Rocky Mountains. It's a very, it's a, it's a beautiful town. Um, beautiful part of the country. So we ate there, and then we also there's a place that I later found out is a a chain in this part in these parts called Old Chicago, and maybe it's a chain in another place, but I have I had never seen it before, and we went there on the first night because we got here at 
like nine and everything in Boise closes at 10, except for old Chicago, which is open till one o'clock. And old Chicago has a late night menu where you can get pizza for $2, wings for $2 and fries for $2. So, uh, I've been there once or twice because it's a good deal. And it also saves my company money. Uh, second part of Kelvin's question was if the Buckeyes pull it off against the Zags, how far do you think they can go? I mean, it's hard to say cause you don't know, you don't know who they'd be playing. Um, but I think, like I said before, if, I think if Ohio State beats Gonzaga, it will be because Ohio State plays its A game. And if Ohio State still has its A game in the bag, then it's a team that I think, I'm not going to say Final Four, but um, just because I don't, I don't think they have that makeup. I just, I don't, I, and I'm happy to be proved wrong. You could feel free to throw it back in my face if they're in San Antonio in two weeks. Um, but if they can beat Gonzaga, then yeah, I, I don't look. Without knowing who the matchup can be, I'm not. I'm not going to tell you they can't win another game and get to the elite eight or whatever. It just depends on who they play. Um, but if they show that the A game is in the bag still, then yeah, Ohio State A game is is pretty good. It's pretty good. Beat Michigan State by 16. So um, one at Purdue. Maybe that was an A minus game. It might have been a B plus game. Um, and I think Ohio State's game against South Dakota State was like a B ish. So. Yeah, they could they could do something. They could do something. I'm not going to pick them to do that, but but I'm not going to say that the talent's not there for it to happen, to go on some kind of um, little surprising run. So we'll wrap it up there. Thank you for the questions. Really appreciate it. Um, Ohio State plays Gonzaga on Saturday, approximately 7.45 p.m. Eastern time on CBS. Uh, I'll have coverage all day Friday, we'll ha- we have open locker room with Ohio State coaches and players on Friday, um, and then coverage on Saturday, obviously leading up to the game and after the game. We'll probably do um, a Facebook live chat or two before the game. If you go on Facebook and search cleveland.com, you can find that there. I will also tweet it out. You can follow me on Twitter at BillLandis25, and, and you won't miss any of the stuff that, that I'm writing here in Boise, um, any of the videos from the players, um, any of the announcements about Facebook lives and podcasts and stuff like that. So make sure you're tuned into that. Um, thank you for listening to me talk into a phone in a car by myself, like a crazy person in Boise. And, uh, maybe we'll try to do one more before I get out of town or maybe, uh, I'll be staying on the West coast for the next 10 days and I'll do a lot of them cause I'll have nothing else to do. We'll see Ohio state against Gonzaga on Saturday coverage at cleveland.com. Thank you for listening to Buckeye Talk.